Hello, Bridgeway. Well, I'd like to thank Pastor Anderson for inviting me to bring the word today. Now, the last time that he asked me to speak, it was a natural fit. It was to acknowledge our educators and our graduates. It was around this time of the year. And given that I've spent over 34 years of my life in education, not counting my own, it made a lot of sense. But when he asked me to speak on Father's Day, I have to tell you, it caught me a little by surprise. Unlike my experience and training as an educator, my role in being a dad was I didn't feel equipped to give this message based on my life story. You see, my father left our family when I was about two years old, and he left my mother to, to handle both roles of being a mom and a dad. And I grew up in a small town where most of the families had two parents. And so I was frequently faced with the perplexing question of who's your daddy? Now, disclaimer, although this is a Father's Day message, I promise you that it is applicable for all. Now, when I first became a father, and, and really even to this day, I frequently question myself about whether I'm doing it right. Growing up without a father role model, I didn't have a foundation from which to draw. But God has blessed me with some excellent brothers over the years who I would connect with to talk about fatherly type issues. And this has helped me tremendously. Now, I want to tell you, we have some excellent fathers here at Bridgeway. And can I just take a moment to ask everyone to give a round of applause or a shout out in the chat box? Or if you're with a father right now, give them a high five or a hug just to thank them for being such outstanding fathers. And if you're a father who's maybe new or like me, a father that, that didn't have a role model from which to draw from, we have some men's groups here at Bridgeway that can really support you and provide some wisdom. And I encourage you to connect with them. We have the men's breakfast, which happens the second Saturday of every month, which we, is, is a lot of fun. Plus, we get to eat when we get back from uh, our COVID time, but we're still uh, getting together. We also have two men's groups that meet every Saturday. Uh, Bill Green and Marvin Beard uh, just build into their men in so different, many different ways. Pastor Gary has a life group, Men's Fraternity, on Friday that meets from 6.30 to 7.45. And so if any of these sound like something you could benefit from, I encourage you to get in touch with me at frank.eastham at bridgeway.cc. And I promise to get back to you and help you get connected with one of those groups. So even though I started out with a deficit when it came to understanding the role of being a dad, God has been so gracious to me and my children with wisdom and insight and resources that have helped me to overcome these deficits. Now, based on all that I've learned and experienced, I want to unpack what I believe is the essence of being a dad and connect that to what, I, what Scripture uh, has to say about this topic. Now, notice that I said dad. You know, there's a difference between a father and a dad. Everybody has a biological father. I won't dive deep into the reproductive process of how a man and a woman create children. I'll leave it at biologically... Every child has a mother and a father, but not every child has a dad. A dad is someone that has relationship with his child or his children. Fathers give physical life. 
But dads, they give emotional, relational, and spiritual life. Now, a number of years ago, my daughter gave me this Father's Day card. And it just so happened on this particular Father's Day, it was also her birthday. And you know what? The same is true today. As we celebrate Father's Day, it's also Sarah's birthday. So I'd like to take this point of privilege to say, happy birthday, Sarah. Now, on the left side of the card is a box that says, that has a list of family rules by mom. But on the outside of a box is a list of family games by dad. My favorite is who wants to drive. I vividly remember each of my children getting their first driving experience at our favorite campground. And I wanna read the words that, are, that my daughter wrote inside this card because I believe it illustrates the very nature of what I believe about the special relationship that a dad has with his children. Roly poly oly, dark, mad cow. You can't touch the claw. Get out of the crab. Elevator. So many fun memories of the games we have played. I love every moment I get to spend with you. Making grilled pizza, hitting up our favorite restaurants and trying new ones, cooking and watching cooking shows, breakfast at Bob Evans. Wow, our entire relationship revolves around food. You and food have a lot in common. You're both essential ingredients to a happy life. So happy to share my birthday with you this year. Happy Father's Day. I love you. Now, as I have been watching our pastors and ministers over the years, I've learned that it's customary to do a word study of the key words you're using in your message. So I began to study the origin of the word dad. And guess what? What I found out was absolutely amazing. No one knows the origin of the word dad. So today, for the very first time, I would like to present to you the Frank Easton version of the word dad. What does dad mean to me? Well, it describes a person who is doing authentic discipleship. And the key to being a dad is spending time with the person or people you're being a dad to. Now, through my life, I had fewer than five face-to-face -face encounters with my father. However, late in his life, he reached out and wanted to have a father and son relationship. Now, this was a, a very difficult time for me. We began calling each other on a somewhat regular basis, holidays, Father Day, Father's Day, and sometimes on the weekends. And it was always weird, like, what to call him? When he would call or when I would call him, I would say, hello, and then pause. How was I to finish that? Hello, dad? Hello, Frank? Yes, we share the same name, how ironic. I often settled on an elongated, almost unfinished, hello. I struggled calling this man that I hardly knew, dad. In fact, I remember a very difficult conversation that we had. He seemed to want us to have an instantaneous relationship. 
He wanted to be my dad. I couldn't do it. I explained to him that I knew the checker at my grocery store better than I knew him. What I could agree to was starting from scratch. I was open to developing a relationship over time. And we did just that. It wasn't a leave it to beaver kind of relationship, but it wasn't a that 70s show either. Now, I realize that I just divided our congregation. Those of you who are old enough to remember Leave It to Beaver probably have no idea what that 70s show is about. What can I say? I'm a multi-generational guy. Now, when my father passed a few years later, I was comfortable with calling him dad. I believe being a dad and being a discipler are very simple, similar. And so I'd like to take the next few minutes to share what I've learned about being a dad. Now, when it comes to doing authentic discipleship, I can't think of a better teacher than Jesus. So let's take a look at how Jesus did discipleship. Many of us know the well-known passage that are in three of the four gospels where Jesus calls his first four disciples. They're fishing without much success much like my fishing trips. And Jesus comes along and is preaching alongside the lake where they're fishing. Jesus takes a break from preaching and he asks Simon to take his boat back out into the water and to drop his nets. Simon rebuffs Jesus at first, but eventually complies with his direction. And when he does, the catch is so great that he signals his partners to come and help him lift up the nets, which were loaded with fish. And at this point, Jesus begins with an invitation. He says, follow me. He invites the four to spend time with him. And he doesn't promise them anything great. He just gives them an invitation. In fact, he probably confused them when he described the calling by saying, I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men, we're fishers of fish. What would it mean to be fishers of men? And what happened next was very important. And it also happens to be the first D in my acronym, DAD. He begins to do stuff with the four by his side. He preaches, he casts out demons, he heals people, he's, he forgives people's sin. He calls more disciples with that mysterious follow me invitation. He has dinner with undesirable people in his neighborhood. What Jesus is doing is spending time with his disciples. If we want to be a dad to someone, we must do life with them. Now, Pastor David is a great example of this. He goes all over the world preaching reconciliation and bridge building and gracism, but he doesn't do it alone. He takes a few people with him. Now, I've been blessed to be a part of some of these experiences. And I have learned so much from watching him, not sitting in a classroom, not from lectures, not from lessons, but sitting at his side and watching. If we want to disciples, disciple others, if we want to be real dads, we must spend time with those people. Now, this point is very important. Often we see the role of dad or discipler as to instruct or teach. This is a mistake. 
The relationship is not ready for instruction yet. I was a teacher for many years, and I found that if I tried to teach a group of young people that I didn't have a relationship with, I was far less effective. Relationship is the foundation for effective instruction and learning. Point one, do things. Spend meaningful time with your children or those you want to disciple. Now, how do we begin to build this relationship? A building block of a relationship is trust. Trust that you are who you say you are. One of the most important lessons I learned as an educator is that they can smell a fraud a mile away. This was part of my problem with my father. On each of the few occasions we together, he would always make promises that he wouldn't keep. He would promise to do things with me or promise to buy things for me, and it didn't take me long to realize he wasn't going to follow through. Now, can I take a break here and say to dads and mentors and role models that if you make a commitment to do something with a young person, follow through. It never stops hurting, even when you pretend it does. Now, why did Jesus' disciples continue to follow him? It's because they trusted him. They could see he was the real deal. He was who he said he was. He was authentic. Now, that's why it's important to spend time with people so we can demonstrate we are who we really are. Jesus first said, walk with me. He wanted to demonstrate his authenticity. He wanted his disciples to know, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. These are the principles I live by, even when it's not comfortable or accepted. Now, why is this authenticity thing so important? We have to go to the end to truly understand it. The last D in dad is discipleship. Now, what's the purpose of discipleship? Discipleship is all about teaching. It's about influencing the thinking of those we're discipling. We want to teach them a different way. But if we want to influence one's thinking, we have to access their mind and their heart. Teaching without learning is useless. It's a waste of time. We can teach all day long, but if learning isn't occurring, what is the purpose? So how do we gain this access to one's mind and heart? It's by demonstrating authenticity. Now, let me break it down this way. As I was studying and preparing for today's message, I do what every high school student does. I Googled. So I Googled the word authentic, and what I stumbled across was an example of authenticity that really made it clear. How many of you have tried to gain access to a website on your computer that required you to first enter a code that was sent to your cell phone? Now, this is especially true for bank accounts or websites that deal with money. Now, are you with me? Type in the chat box. I'm with you, Frank. Okay. Okay, good. So why do they do this? Because they want to authenticate or prove your identity. They want to make sure you are who you say you are before they give you access to the website. Now, that's how being a dad or a discipler works. Before we can access one's mind and one's heart, 
we must prove we are who we say we are. Access requires authenticity. Point two, we must be authentic. Now, I want to illustrate how discipleship works first as a dad and then as a Christ follower. At some point in my kid's life, I have wondered why they were behaving the way they were behaving just to realize that they were imitating their mother or me. Now, I would like to share one positive example. While I have a number of not-so-positive examples, today I would like to focus on a positive one. And let me preface this by saying all of my kids grew up in Bridge Kids, even before it was called Bridge Kids. In addition, we were blessed to have my wife, Karen, be a stay-at-home mom. And so from a very early age, every day was a Bridge Kids day. They engaged in Bible study and worship and prayer all day, every day. And one day when Will was about three or four, we were taking a walk. And we ran into someone in the neighborhood that we knew, and we stopped for a brief conversation. And all of a sudden, Will looked up at this person, and he very passionately asked, do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? As I tried to figure out how to respond to this person, he continued to share the salvation story with this unsuspecting neighbor. Now, we've all heard the expression, some things are caught, not taught. And so I say to you today, if you are a parent, aunt, uncle, cousin, mentor, or some other role model, take this opportunity to be a a dad in the life of someone who may not have one. Do meaningful things with the young people that God has placed in your life. Demonstrate what it means to be authentic, to be the real deal. Introduce them to their daddy in heaven who will never desert them. Introduce them to a daddy who wants to spend time with them in eternity. Introduce them to a daddy who is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Equip them to always have an answer to the question, who's your daddy? Now, we don't have to stop there. God not only calls us to be disciplers of children, but as a Christ follower, Jesus commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. In Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, we have some resources on the Bridgeway website that I encourage you to go to that will help you be a better dad and discipler. Go to thebridgeway.cc, click the Get Involved tab at the top, and then click on the the discipleship link. But as you begin this discipleship process, remember that it's not a Bible study, it's not a class, and it's not a checklist. It's all about first, spending time with and connecting deeply with God. Secondly, it's about spending time with your spiritual family. But most importantly, it's about bringing hope 
and healing to those who do not yet know God in this world. Please bow with me for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we we pray for the fathers who are listening today. We pray for the dads, whether they they happen to be the real dad, a a role model, or, or just somebody who is in a young person's life. And we ask that you equip them to build into the lives of our young people, Lord. And we ask most of all that this relationship will help them to to get to know their heavenly father, their heavenly dad, who wants a relationship with them so badly that he sent his son to this earth so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Lord, thank you for this day where we get to celebrate our earthly fathers, but most of all, we get to celebrate you and your son. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.